we talked about before. Uh, we've been doing a series on hope on Sunday mornings, and um, I think we did about five parts to the hope series. Now, just so you know, all those messages are online. You can listen to them anytime you want. Uh, they're on the website, but they're also, you can go to iTunes and find it on podcast anytime. Uh, but we're going to talk about something different. I don't think this is going to be a series, but this is just going to be a message today. Uh, something I've been thinking about at least, at least the past month or so, and it's uh, it's about our country, and it's about what's happening in the world. And how many know if the church doesn't talk about it, when the church is the one who has the answers, then who else is going to talk about it? I mean, the news tries to talk about it, but they clearly don't have the answers about anything. And Hillary and Trump clearly don't have the answers about anything either. Can I get amen? amen. Okay, they both stink. Let's just face the facts. They both stink. Um, but our hope's not in Hillary or Trump or the United States for America. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. That was my message. All right. <laughs> that was it. Really, that was the, the theme of my entire message. So you got it. Um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on in the world, what part we play, because we are the church of Jesus Christ, the most powerful thing on the planet, not just the United States. And we have authority, and we're here for a reason. We're here on purpose. We're here to do something. We're here on assignment. We're not here to just take up space till Jesus comes back in the rapture. Hello, somebody. We're here to do something. So Philippians 3 and 20, let's read that. Philippians 3 and 20, it says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, and it will be conformed to his glorious body, according to the work, working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. But the key verse here is that we are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Now today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Citizens of the Kingdom. Citizens of the Kingdom. Now you're going to be responsive this morning, right? Because you get more when you respond more. I got a lot of things to say, and uh, we got some introductory things to say that are all going to fit in with what we're talking about today. I might get a little bit political today. Uh, I might get a little bit social, talk about social issues, uh, but we need to talk about it because you need to think right about what's going on in the world. Uh, you need to not let uh, the media, social media, the news media, TV, radio, newspapers frame what you think about what's going on because they're not telling you the truth. That's why we got to go to God's word because God's word has truth. And that's what's really going on. Now, they'll tell you one thing's going on, but what really is going on is what the Bible says is going on. And so, um, thinking about this, what's going on in this country, what's going on in this nation, uh, as believers in Jesus Christ, this shouldn't be a shocker to us. God said that this was going to happen, and then when it happens, we act like we didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> he wrote it in his word thousands of years ago before this happened, and he said, this is coming, this is going to happen. The closer you get to the end of time, the more of this stuff will happen. So prepare yourself ahead of time because it's going to happen in the future. And now when it happens, a lot of us are running scared and fearful and upset about what's going on in this country, what's going on in this world when we don't need to be. God already knew this was going to happen, and he said, it's going to happen, but I put you here for a reason and on purpose, and I knew you could handle it, and I knew you could deal with it and be an overcomer in this period of time of history, in 2016. He has you here for a reason, for a purpose, as his church. Now, Jesus in the Gospels, uh, we're not going to get into all this because it would take way too much time, but Jesus said... So many times, now this is just some of the things he said, when, when the end time will come, and of course they've been saying it was the end time for the past 2,000 years, but we know we're further along than we were 2,000 years ago. Can I get amen? And he said in the end times, or the closer it gets to Jesus coming back, that there would be more violence on the earth, and it would escalate. That's happening. We see that. Uh, there would be more disease on the earth. There would be more diseases we've never heard of would break out. That's happening right now. Now, we don't need to be afraid of it because we are in the kingdom of God. We're going somewhere this morning. 
He said that there would be more natural disasters. Jesus said that 2,000 years ago, and it's happening. There's tornadoes and, and volcanoes and hurricanes and all these natural disasters and things that are happening with the environment and the world. Jesus said this. That should bring us some comfort. He already knew this was going to happen. He warned us. He said that natural disasters would happen, disease, violence would happen, that it says in 1 Timothy 4, we're not going to turn there, he says in the last days, perilous times will come. A better translation of that is stressful times will come. Stressful times, things on the news that will stress you out, like the election, like ISIS, like your money, like new diseases, which shouldn't stress you out if you're believing you're in the kingdom of God. But trust me, they all do stress us out because we're not thinking about it the right way. He said that perilous, stressful times will come the closer we get to Jesus coming back, and that is happening right now. He said it in his word. Stressful times will come. He also said in his word, and especially in 1 Timothy 4, he said there's going to come a time that... uh, People don't want to hear truth. Now, if we don't live in that time, I don't know what time we live in. (laughs) People don't want to hear truth. If you speak truth, even in the most loving way possible, you are still a bigot. You are still hateful. You are still judgmental. I don't care how sweet you said it. I don't care if you're Joel Osteen, for goodness sakes. You're still getting persecuted if you tell somebody truth. Now, if you say it in a mean, hateful way, you deserve for somebody to act away with you and to retaliate. But even people who say it in the most loving way, like the way that God said we should say it, speaking the truth in love, people still won't receive it and say that you're judgmental and mean and you're not Christ-like. You need to be a Christian. You're not acting like a Christian. Well, you're not a Christian, so don't tell me how to be a Christian. Isn't that what they do? You're not acting Christ-like. You don't even know Christ, so why are you trying to tell me who's Christ-like. Okay, I didn't, that didn't really happen. That didn't really happen. Because that wouldn't be Christ-like to get in an argument with the person telling you you're not Christ-like. So, they said there would be a time that it comes where people don't want to hear truth. And we know that. Not just in the United States, but around the world. You can't even speak the truth about something, whether it big or small, without somebody being offended by it. I'm offended by it. Because truth is relative. It's whatever you believe is true for you is true for you. Now, that didn't just happen 100 years ago. God said this was going to happen thousands of years ago. There will come a time that people can't handle truth, that people don't want to hear truth. We're there. Aren't we there? Now, i got to take you down before I can take you up. That's not scriptural, but I'm just saying. God has to take you through the valley before you get to the mountain. It's going to get better. Jesus said that this would all happen. I'm saying this so we're not shocked, we're not freaking out, because a lot of us are, are walking in fear, worry, and stress every week of our lives because of the news we're hearing all the time. Thank you, Mom. Now, in the book of Isaiah, God said this, and and we know this scripture. We've talked about it before. In the book of Isaiah, God said that there will come a time that the world will get darker and darker, but the church will get brighter and brighter. It's happening, and we're missing our time. We're missing our mission. We're missing our assignment. And God said it's going to happen. He said it's going to get darker and darker, but don't worry about it because you're going to get brighter and brighter. And the darker it gets, the more that the light shines. The more that the light stands out, the more that people are drawn to light, the darker it gets. So it's actually a good thing that it's getting darker because then you can see where the light is. So this has been told by 
the prophets in the Old Testament, by Jesus himself all throughout the New Testament. Notice thousands of years before we ever got to 2016, Jesus said this would happen. Don't worry about it. Don't fret. It's going to happen. I have you here for a reason, for a purpose, to be my church in the earth and to be the light. And so that's what we want to talk about today, being citizens of the kingdom. Now, let me say a couple more things about what's going on in this country and around the world. And this all fits in with the message. I haven't said anything about this, but we need to talk about it. And Mom mentioned this at the Word and Spirit Conference, but especially with this nation, you need to understand, now, the United States of America is still the most powerful country on the face of the planet. We're the most blessed country on the face of the planet. We're the most favored country in the face of the planet. But that's not meaning that's going to be that way forever. Okay, patriots, calm down. The thing is that this country has done more to propel the church and the gospel around the world more than any other country. So guess what? The enemy has its target on the back of the United States of America. Because he knows if he can take us out, then that affects the whole body of Christ and the whole church around the world. That's the truth. And so it's not just a natural thing happening. There is a spiritual thing happening, especially in this country. And I'm going to talk about this country because that's where we live. We live in America. We live in the Midwest, which is the heart of America. And there is more division than ever before in the United States of America. God said in his word that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So the enemy knows if he can get this country into so much division, then we'll stop being the most powerful country on the earth, and we'll stop being able to promote the church and fund the gospel and the kingdom of God around the earth if he can get us divided. And so his plan is to divide us, and that's what's happening. We see that. Because a house divided cannot stand. Another verse that goes along with this, and Mom mentioned this, is where there is strife or division, there's every evil work. And that's what he's done a good job at getting this country into. Strife and division with each other because he knows when that happens, then that opens the door for the enemy to have every evil work. I don't know about you, but if you ever watch the news, you see that happening in the United States of America more than any other country. Every evil work. You guys get what I'm saying so far this morning. We got to talk like this. You need to know what God has to say about what's going on in your country and in the world. And the thing is, he gets us to divide ourselves. Uh, You can see by the election, Democrat versus Republican. He divides us by our sexuality. He divides us by race. He divides us by our education. He's trying to divide us by income, the rich versus the poor. That's not God. Don't buy into it. It's not God. Any sort of division or strife is not God. We should forget this attitude that I'm against you and you're against me. No, we're all in the same family. Not just America, but the whole entire world. We're all a part of the same family. We're all part of God's family. We are all made in the image and likeness of God. We don't need to fight each other. Because that's the plan of the enemy. And when we buy into that lie, we're cooperating with the enemy for more division. It's not right. You need to know that. Don't buy into it. I know people you work with, people you go to school with, people outside the four walls of the church, and some people in the church are part of the problem with strife and division in this country. Because the way they talk, the way they act. Now let me say something about race. And Dad mentioned this before, and uh, he's talked about this many times. He talked about the race issue would come back around, and it has, full force. Let me say this. I've never had a problem with race. As you know, one of my best friends growing up was Puerto Rican, and the other one was African-American. So I never had a problem with race. 
oh, you're a different race than me. I can't be friends with you or I can't hang out with you. No, I've always had friends of different races. Why? Because it doesn't matter. It's just your skin tone color. You could go to the tanning bed enough and get to be a different color of skin tone, for goodness sakes, that's unhealthy for you. So this idea of race is bogus and it's junk. It doesn't matter where you came from. We're all a part of the same family. And we have different skin tones. So what? You can change that. You can manipulate that, for goodness sakes. You can go to the plastic surgeon and change the color of your skin or the tanning bed, one or the other. It's just skin. We have the same blood flowing through our veins. We belong to the same creator. And you know what? It would be boring if we were all the same, wouldn't it? All the same culture, all the same personalities, all the same color, all the same styles. It would be a boring planet. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying this morning? So growing up, you know, my two best friends were Puerto Rican and African American. And I liked that it was that way. And really, if we could say anything about this, really what's going on in my life, and this is kind of a joke, but kind of true. So don't be offended because there's a lot of white people in here. What's really going on in my life, most of my life, has been reverse racism. I don't like white people. See, you white people are a little stiff right now. You're like, ha, 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 don't like white people, right? No, but it's kind of the truth. Most of my life, I would say it's reverse racism here because uh, love African-Americans, love Hispanic people, love Asian people, love Indians, anybody. But white people are the ones I got a little issue with. Now, you can see that in in the way I preach. You know, I don't preach like a white man because I don't. I love white people. Now, I love white people because I have to. But majority of my life, no joke, I'm kind of joking, but kind of not. Majority of my life, you know, if we could say anything, you couldn't say I was racist towards another color. You could say I was racist towards white people, and I am white, sadly. Um, no, I'm over that. I'm over that, Mom. I got delivered to that. I'm over that. I'm okay. But we have to deal with that in our hearts because there is division, especially among, amongst the different races and different cultures, and it's of the enemy. Don't buy into it. That's what I want to say before we go into the really heart of this message is don't let those... Uh, prejudiced attitudes maybe that were handed down from generations before you get into you. I'm not just talking to white people. I'm talking to everybody here. Don't let what your grandparents and parents said about white, black, Hispanic, anybody, don't let that get in you when it's not the word of God. That's just just preferences or prejudice in people's lives. And let me say something because I am a white person. And I'm okay with that. I guess. Okay, all right. Well, he almost hit 100, didn't he? I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, I'm okay with being white. I came to terms with it. So, what I was going to say about this before we really get into the heart of this message. Now, this is just, I'm just talking out of my heart here. Hopefully, you guys are listening to what I'm saying. We don't need to be divided against this. You know, and especially with this church, I don't want just a one color church. I don't want a white church. Lord knows I don't want a white church. (laughs) This would be the quietest church in the United States of America. Good God. We need some more African American people in the house of God. Hello, somebody. We need some more Hispanics and Asians and some people in this house because, okay, I'm going to keep my mouth shut about white people. God bless y'all. No, I said y'all. God bless (laughs) y'all. But I don't want just one church. I don't just want one style of person, one race, uh, one group of people that are, oh, well, we got a rich church because we're in the suburbs, or we got a poor church. No, I want a church that has everybody in it because that's what God wants. And that's the gospel. The gospel's for everybody, rich or poor, black or white. 
doesn't matter where you come from, any kind of person from any background, the gospel and God is for every person. We need to understand that, and we need to be for every person. But let me say this before I go on, and um, don't feel uncomfortable when I say this, but just let me say this because I want to get this off my chest. Um, for those of you who are happen to be white in here, Caucasian, I feel like that a lot of us in here need to be more compassionate. And have empathy with people of other races. And you could say all day, well, I'm not doing anything. That wasn't me that did something to somebody else of another race. But you need to be more compassionate. Because you don't know what other people go through that are a different race than you. You don't know. And we need to walk with more compassion, more empathy with other people, not just African-American people, every other race, because you don't know what they experience. You don't know what they go through. You don't know the prejudice. So don't make it out like they're always playing the victim card because you don't live the life that they live. You don't experience what they experience. And the nation would be healed if more people walked like that. Instead of getting on Facebook and shouting at each other and commenting at each other or arguing with one another, and you don't even know those people. And you never lived their lives, and you've never been pulled over by a police officer and felt that way. Hello, somebody. And for us to judge people and, and automatically say, get over it, and you're being a victim and you're doing this, that's wrong. And that's not being Christ-like. And if we want healing, not just in the church, but in the country, we need to be more compassionate. Now, when I say that, I am talking to white people specifically because I am one. And we need to take that responsibility. But I'm talking to every race, every color, every person right now. If we were more compassionate and had empathy and we got in each other's shoes and we tried to see it from their perspective, this world would be different right now. So I'm saying don't buy the lie from the enemy with strife and division. Because it's a trick when we buy into that. You guys get something so far? All right, that's all free. That's all free. So let's read again in Philippians 3 and verse 20. Philippians 3 and verse 20. There we go. We have it up here. Philippians 3 and verse 20. It says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. For our citizenship is in heaven. And today we're going to be talking about citizens of the kingdom. Citizens of the kingdom. Now, he wants us to know that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Now, we don't know much about kingdoms because we live in a democracy. But in the time that this was written, they knew about kingdoms. Really, the most powerful kingdom on the earth was Rome at the time that this was written. It was the most powerful country or nation or kingdom on the earth, kind of like the United States is now. So Rome was the kingdom. But Paul says to this church at Philippians, he says that you are part of the kingdom of God and you are a citizen of the kingdom or of heaven. You're a citizen of heaven. That's the country or the home that belongs to you is heaven. Now we need to understand this because God blessed the USA, but my citizenship is not of the United States of America. It is the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. God blessed the Pledge of Allegiance, but my allegiance is not to the United States of America. It's to the kingdom of God first. So that means if they make laws that are contrary to the kingdom of God, I'm with the kingdom of God, not America. That means if people think a certain way in the United States of America, my allegiance is not to this country, God bless it, it's wonderful, but my allegiance is to the kingdom of heaven because that's where my citizenship is. That's where I really belong. That's my home country. And it talks about this all in the New Testament that, this place is not your home. 
The thing is, we get so comfortable because we think this is all there is, but this is not all there is. There is another place. There is a kingdom that is beyond this earth, beyond this country, and there is a home that's not the United States of America that's our true home. This is not our real home. This is not our real country. Our real country and home is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. You guys get something so far this morning. And that's where our loyalties and allegiance need to lie in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is talked about all throughout the Bible. And that's what we belong to. We belong to the kingdom of God. We belong to the kingdom of heaven. And we need to realize that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of it. Why? Because this isn't our home. Heaven is. Now, that's why Jesus would say that so much, and it's all throughout the Bible. This is not your home. This is not your home. This is only temporary where we're living right now. This is not your home. That's why he said, you're in this world, but you're not of it, because you don't really belong here. Your citizenship is in heaven, the kingdom of God. That's where you come from now. Now, the kingdom of God, or, or the kingdom of heaven is so important and we need to realize that the idea of being a citizen of a country was a major thing in this period of time. Especially if they were a Roman citizen. In the same way today, when you are a citizen of the United States of America, that means something. Especially to people in other countries, it means something powerful. People automatically assume when you say, I'm from the United States of America, that you have money, that you're wealthy and you're famous just because you're from the United States of America. That's not true. But notice it's something that people, they look up to, oh, you're from the United States of America. You're a citizen. Now, we know that there's some countries, and it's not right that it's this way, but if you said from your, you were from a certain country right now, people would judge you based off your citizenship to that country. Let's just take Syria, for instance. There's a lot of people in Syria that did nothing wrong. But since there's a lot of terrorism, ISIS going on in that country right now, if someone said, I'm a citizen of Syria, a lot of people would judge them just based off their citizenship. Now, Paul was a Roman citizen, so he had privileges that other people in Israel didn't have because he was a citizen of Rome. And he's trying to use this example because he could have a country to boast in, just like the United States. We're good at boasting about what country we're from. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. And we could call it patriotism, but a lot of times it's pride. That we think we're better than everybody else in every other country and every other nationality. And the truth is, it's pride. It's one thing to love your country and believe in your country. Hey, I believe it's the best country on the face of the planet. I don't want to go anywhere else. But it's a difference when we can get into pride and we boast, oh, I'm a United States citizen. It was the same way back then. You could boast about, well, I'm a Roman citizen, so pretty much you could do whatever you wanted to do if you're a Roman citizen. But Paul says our citizenship is of heaven. He's making a point. Because it's more important that you're a citizen of heaven than you are a citizen of Rome. It's more important that you're a citizen of heaven than a citizen of the United States of America. There's more authority with that kingdom than there is here. There's more power with that kingdom than there is here. And that's where our loyalties and allegiance should lie with the citizenship of heaven. You know... Uh, Philippi, which was the country where, or which was the place that they were writing to for the group of Philippians, Philippi. A Philippi was a colony of Rome on foreign soil. So Philippi was a colony of Rome, but it was on foreign soil. In the same way, I love this, the church is the colony of heaven on the earth. Where are you at this morning? That's what the church is. The church is the colony of heaven on the earth. I love this Eugene Peterson who wrote the message. He said that the church is the colony of heaven in the country of death. 
That's what the church is. And that's what you're a part of. That's what you live for is to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. That is where your citizenship and your loyalty should lie in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Now, the thing about this is that when we're citizens of a country, you get your identity from that. How many know there's rights and privileges that come with being a citizen of certain countries? Or lack thereof in other countries. So when we're a citizen of a country, a nation, or a kingdom, there is privileges and rights that come along with that. And our citizenship is in heaven, so that's where we get our identity from. My identity is not I'm an American. My identity is not I'm a white male. My identity is not I live in the suburbs. My identity is not I drive a certain car. My identity is not what I do or what I look like. My identity is I'm in the kingdom of heaven. And I'm a part of the kingdom of God. And I am a child of God. That's where we get our identity. Not in where you work, what you look like, your parents, your grandparents. Your identity should be based in your citizenship, which it's in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. That's where we get our identity. So we need to stop talking so much about, well, I'm this and I'm that. I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm black, I'm white. No, that's not the important part. The important thing is I'm a part of the kingdom of God. I'm the part of the kingdom of heaven. And that's where my identity is. Not in what I look like or how much money I make or what culture I came from. I'm a part of the kingdom of God. And notice when you think like that, you're thinking the same way that God thinks about it. Like I said, don't get carried off into strife and division that's from the enemy. It's not from God. That's the way that the world thinks. But to think the way that God thinks is that I'm a part of the kingdom of God and that's where I get my identity. I get my identity from God and the kingdom of God. I'm a part of the kingdom of heaven, which is the most powerful kingdom in all the universe. Not just earth, all the universe. That's the most powerful kingdom, and we're a part of it. That's a privilege. That's an honor. We have rights and privileges as children of God now that we've received him. There's two different things I want to talk about pertaining to your citizenship in heaven. When you're a citizen of a country, there's two things that a lot of times are talked about or given to you as a right and a privilege. The first thing is protection. When you are a citizen of a country, that country has the obligation to do its best to protect you. The United States of America has spent so much money on protection. We have defended not only our own country, but every other country on the face of the earth. But notice the United States, because we live here and our citizenship is here, they are obligated to protect us. And we know this, even if we're in another country, they will send people from the United States to another country to protect us if need be. But notice, our citizenship is not just an American. It's the kingdom of God. Come on now, somebody. And so that means the kingdom of God is obligated to protect us. And how many know that they do a better job at protecting us than the United States government? There's places that the kingdom of God and the angels of God can go that no Marine or Navy SEAL can go. There's places in the world that there would be no protection otherwise because the military couldn't get there. But we are a part of a different kingdom, of a different system. And the kingdom of God brings protection. As a citizen of the kingdom, that's my right and privilege of protection. That God Almighty protects me. That the angels of God protect me. Why? Because I'm a citizen of heaven. Trust me, heaven does a good job at protecting its citizens. You get something this morning. Another thing that is 
provided when we're a citizen of a country, provision. Provision. The country that you came from is obligated to do the best they can to try to provide for you. To give you the tools necessary for you to be able to live, to eat, to drink, to clothe yourself, to have a house, to take care of your family. The country you live in should do the best that they can. I know they can't do everything. We know that. But their role and obligation as a citizen of that country is they should do their best to provide for their people. It's the same way with the kingdom of heaven. We need to realize the United States government is not my provider. My job is not my provider. My parents are not my provider. My grandparents are not my provider. My retirement that I think is going to come in someday is not my retirement. The person that I think that's going to die that has a lot of money in my family, they're not my provider. We have a citizenship to the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom is our provider. Are you here this morning? The kingdom of God is our provider. Not the government, not your employer. The kingdom of God is our provider. And notice when we think right about that, we won't freak out if we get laid off. We won't freak out if the United States government, oh my gosh, they're going bankrupt. Oh my gosh, they have all this debt. Okay, well, I live here and I want them to do well, but my citizenship and my loyalty is not here. It's the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, never goes bankrupt. They're never in debt. They never close down. They never run out of resources. And that's the kingdom that I'm a part of. Are you receiving this this morning? That's the kingdom that you're a part of. That's something to be happy about. That's something to rejoice about. That's something to be faith-filled and hope-filled about your future. That your loyalty and your provision is from the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. God bless the United States and I pray that it prospers and continues to prosper. But even if it didn't, the people of God can still prosper. Because we're a part of a different kingdom. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. And that's the truth. So when we're a citizen, they provide to you as your right and privilege provision and protection. Provision and protection. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 18. So we talked about this, that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. But I want to read another verse that kind of takes it a step further. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21 in the New Living Translation. Now we'll read that in a second, but it uses this word ambassador. So we as the church of Jesus Christ are not just citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors for heaven. Your citizenship gives you identity. But you being an ambassador gives you an assignment. Where are you at? Where are the Pentecostals at? Come on now. Where'd you go? So being a citizen of the kingdom gives you identity, but being an ambassador gives you an assignment. Like I said earlier, we're not here to take up space till Jesus comes back. We're not here to go hide ourselves in a cave because we're so afraid of the big bad world that we're just praying, Jesus, come back, Jesus, deliver us. No, we're on assignment here, and we have authority here because we're ambassadors and citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to read this. This is the New Living Translation. Uh, You can look up here with me if you want to. It says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And notice, God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. 
no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Notice what it says. So we are Christ's ambassadors, and God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Notice what he says. Not only are we citizens, we are ambassadors for God. Citizenship is our identity, but being an ambassador is our assignment. We have a purpose. We have a role. We have an assignment on our lives as the church of Jesus Christ in the earth at this period of time. And it says that our role is to be an ambassador for Christ. Reconciling God and people. Now, the thing about that is people will never never be reconciled to God if we as his ambassadors never go out and tell them about it. It won't happen. God has given us this assignment to tell people about what God has done in Christ. To tell people that reconciliation can happen between you and God. You're not at odds with one another. There's peace now because of what Jesus did. There's so many people in the world that think God is mad at them. But notice God already reconciled himself to the world. In reality, God has peace with people. They just need to accept it. Because God already took out all his anger and wrath on Jesus. So he wouldn't take it out on us. He already made peace. He already reconciled us to God. But notice what happens. We have to be his ambassadors speaking to people, come back to God. Come back to God. There's there's no reason to run from God because God loves you. God's for you. There's peace there. God has settled the issue of sin in his son, and there's peace. But we are ambassadors for him in this earth. Something interesting about an ambassador, you send an ambassador to another country where they didn't come from to represent the country that they came from. That's what we are as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We're not from here, but God sent us here to do work for the kingdom of God as ambassadors. Are you hearing me this morning? And he sent us on assignment to not just take up space, but to do something as ambassadors of the king in a different country that is not our own. Something about ambassadors is this. They don't have to operate and live by the same laws of the country that they're living in. In the same way you and I are not obligated to respond or live the same way that this world lives. Because we're from another country. We're from another kingdom. And we are not obligated as ambassadors to live and operate like they do. God has sent us as ambassadors to this world to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. To say, you know what? God has reconciled you. He has made you right. There is peace with you in God. Accept it. Receive it. Like it says, as ambassadors, we say, come back to God. Come back to God because God already dealt with all the issues you have already in Jesus. There's no tension anymore. There's no animosity between you and God now because he settled it in his son. This is something interesting. I want to read this to you because, of course, Paul knew this when he was writing this in Corinthians. It says that in the Roman Empire, there were two different kinds of provinces. There were ones that were made of people who were peaceful and not at war with Rome because they had surrendered and submitted to Rome. But there was also different provinces that were not peaceful. They were dangerous because they would rebel against Rome if they could. 
it was necessary for Rome to send ambassadors to these provinces to make sure that the rebellion did not break out. The Apostle Paul was very aware of that when he wrote this. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying that we are a part of the kingdom of God. We've made peace with the kingdom over here. But you know what? We live in a world that's at war with God. We live in a world that is not our home, that's at war, and they haven't submitted to the kingdom of God yet. And the way that God solves that issue is he sends ambassadors to bring reconciliation to these people. And you could say, well, that's Jesus. Jesus already did his part. Now we got to do our part. Jesus already reconciled them, but he says, now the only way that these people will be at peace with the kingdom is if I send you to their country. If I send you to their kingdom, representing the kingdom of heaven. That's what we all are doing living on this planet. We're living in this world, but we're not of it. And God said, I'm going to send you over there as ambassadors to this country or this kingdom that's not at peace with me. They're at war with heaven. They're at war with God. They're at war and at odds with the kingdom of heaven. And notice they haven't submitted to God yet. They haven't reconciled themselves to God yet. And I'm sending you as ambassadors to reconcile them to the kingdom of God. That's our job. That's our role. That is the privilege and honor we have as ambassadors of God in this earth. Trust me, that would change the way you live. It will change the way you wake up. It will change the way you go to work. It will change the way you go get coffee. It will change the way you go to school. It will change the way you talk to people, realizing that you're not here by accident. You're here on purpose, and you have an assignment because you're an ambassador for the kingdom of God wherever you go. And wherever you go, your job and your role is not to condemn people, not to judge people. Your job is to reconcile people to God and say, hey, you know what? The kingdom of God is so good. Come and be at peace with the kingdom. Stop trying to fight for your own way. Submit to God because he knows better. That's our role. That's our job. That's our privilege as citizens and ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You guys getting something this morning? That's what we've been called to do. That is our assignment on this earth. I feel this in my heart so strong. I've been thinking about it for the past month, even during this Hope series, to speak a message like this because I see so many Christians, so many people act like they don't know what's going on. They don't know why they're here. They don't know why they're on the planet right now. But God said, you're here on purpose and you're here on assignment. And yeah, there's all this crazy stuff going on in the world, but no, you're a part of the kingdom of heaven. You're part of the kingdom of God. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to fret about it. You don't need to lose sleep about it. Heaven has you covered. But beyond that, take the next step and walk in your authority as an ambassador for God. That means everywhere you step and everywhere you go, the authority of the kingdom of God goes. That means you can walk into places that you don't have to be afraid to talk to people. You don't have to be afraid of people that are famous or people that are in government or people that have a lot of money or whoever you would be intimidated. Why? Because wherever you go, the kingdom of God goes. Come on, you get something this morning. And we walk as ambassadors with authority because we're part of the kingdom of God. I tell you, That relieves all stress, worry, any fear that you would have knowing that the kingdom of God backs you up. Now, how in the world do these ambassadors go to other countries that are sometimes led by crazy dictators and you got one United States ambassador going to talk to this president or king of this other country who's crazy and says he's going to bomb America and have nuclear weapons, and they can go in boldly and talk to a dictator like that and say, you're not going to do anything, and this is what you're going to do. Why can he say that? Because the United States government 
backs him up. In the same way, you don't have to be afraid or intimidated because what you say and what you speak and where you go, the kingdom of God backs you up. And I'm not just talking with people. I'm, just, I'm talking about the enemy in your life. He can say all sorts of crazy stuff. And you say, you're not going to do this. You're not going to touch that. You're not going to mess this up. And he has to submit. Why? Because the kingdom of God is backing you up. Same way with us. When we talk to people. Not in an arrogant way, not in a prideful way, but you don't need to be afraid or intimidated. Why? Because when you speak the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, it backs you up. I pray that we live like this. You know, if the church of Jesus Christ, not just this church, but the church globally, was living like this right now, our world would look completely different. Completely different. This country would look different if the church was really being the church. This world would look different if the church was being the church. So why am I talking to you guys about it? Because you have a responsibility. It starts with you. Don't look at everybody else. They'll say, well, this Christian's not acting this way and this church is not doing this. I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking to myself. It starts with us. Realize wherever we go, whatever we do, we belong to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. I pray like never before that we live lives that we're not hiding from the world. There's no reason to hide. We're not hiding from situations, but we're running to it because we realize the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is backing us up. I pray today that we would really get this revelation of being ambassadors for God. That our role is so much bigger than we realize on this earth. That the people that are called by God are not just people that are behind a pulpit with a microphone. Majority of people are not somebody with a microphone behind a pulpit. Majority of people are you guys going to work, going to school, doing life outside the four walls of the church. And notice when you go there, you need to realize, I'm on assignment here. I'm an ambassador here. God has called me here. God has anointed me here to bring reconciliation to this world. Did you guys get something today?